But Heavenly Father, I especially need you right now. Lord, I stand in a place where no man should desire to stand alone. But I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help me. I pray, oh God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Use me as your mouthpiece this morning to preach everything you would have for me to say. And I pray, may the Holy Ghost be guard about my mouth that I would not say any more than what the Spirit would have for me to say. And I pray you touch each listener. I pray, Heavenly Father, uh, that the Word of God would go forth as that seed. And this morning, Heavenly Father, it would fall upon good soul that in the days to come, Lord God, it would bring forth fruit. I pray that the devourer would not, uh, the fowls of the air would not be able to pluck up the seed. I pray, uh, Lord God, that there would uh, be those that would receive the Word of God this morning. Not just be hearers, but, oh God, I pray that this morning that they'd be doers thereof. We love you. We thank you. We pray now, Lord God, you give the increase. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing this morning as we read the word of the Lord. When we come to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, and the verses that we've read, as I've already said, uh, these are no doubt very familiar portions of scriptures. And as I was looking at these verses, I, several thoughts come to my mind. Uh, no doubt. Uh, things we've heard preached on or, or, or subjects where uh, that would be easy for it to catch our attention and no doubt there's great uh, value and weight to each one of these subjects. But as I thought about in this verse, I, in these verses, I thought about how when we open up verse number 22, we find uh, the direction of the Savior. But we find uh, that Jesus is here with His disciples. And verse 22 said this in straightway, uh, Jesus constrained his disciples uh, to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. We see in verse 22, we can preach on this morning about the direction of the Savior. And I want to go on record this morning and say I'm glad uh, for every time that the Lord Jesus has given me direction and helped me uh, to be able to go which, which direction I need to go. Amen. Is there anybody with me this morning that would thank God uh, that you know this morning your life would have been shipwrecked, uh, your life would have been in a mess, but thank God there was a God uh, that was directing your ship, there was a God uh, that was directing your life and leading you in places that you didn't want to go, uh, but at the end of it you found out that's where you needed to be because there was a God that was directing your life. Amen. We can preach on the direction of the Savior. I'm glad this morning uh, that the Lord is still giving directions. Amen. But then we can talk about the, uh, the darkness of the storm. For we find in verse 23 and 24, we find this morning the Bible said, And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up in the mountain to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. Verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, uh, for the wind was contrary. We can talk about this morning, not only the direction of the Savior, uh, but we can talk about the darkness of the storm. Verse 25 says, Brother Barry, that this was uh, uh, the fourth watch of the night. That's from the hours of 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Those are the darkest uh, the darkest point of the night. That's the uh, darkest that it could possibly get. And the disciples are on the boat and they're doing what God uh, told them to do. But who all would agree with me tonight or uh, this morning? You can be in the perfect will of God. You can be going in the right direction. But it's not going to resist you from storms. It's not going to keep you from heartache. It's not going to keep you from problems. But I have found quite the contrary. When you're in the will of God, there'll be some valleys. Amen. In the will of God, there'll be some funeral homes. In the will of God, there'll be some hospital visits. But who's all glad this morning? Though there'll be those things, I'm glad we were going in the right direction. 
Hallelujah, Lisa. In those funeral home visits, in those hospital visits, in those times of difficulty, and even in those times of darkness, there's a God that said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. So we see in the resurrection of the Savior, we see the, the darkness of the storm. But then how about the difficulty of the ship? Well, we find the Bible said that the wind was contrary and the waves were boisterous. We see in verse number uh, 24, the Bible says here, but the ship was in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves. And the wind was contrary. You picture this in your mind. These disciples are in the will of God. These disciples, they're doing what God told them to do. They're in the middle of the night. The Lord has seemingly looked like He's left them. He's told them to get into the boat. He's up there on the mountain praying. I mean, if I was one of the disciples, I know how my flesh is. It's like, why did the Lord do that? I mean, we're doing what He told us to do, but it looks like He's left us. I mean, He told us to get on the boat, but He's up there somewhere. We don't know where He's at. We don't know where He went, but here we we are doing what he's told us to do, and we're in the middle of a storm. The Bible said that the waves were beating against the ship. You can imagine if you've ever been on a board a boat, when the waves are rowing, the waves are coming and the winds are blowing, you know that one of the things that leads you is stability. And they were probably no doubt uh, their legs were felt like uh, they were just being tossed to and fro. And, and no doubt when you get in points like that, uh, you find yourself and seem like the wind will blow this direction and you'll, you'll go in this direction. All of a sudden, the waves will come up against this side and, and you'll find yourself going in this direction. You'll say, Lord, where are you? I mean, I have no stability. I mean, I don't have no ability in and of myself. I can't walk. I can't do what I need to do. You know what they found themselves in? We find a difficulty of the ship. Anybody ever found yourself in a difficult situation? Has anybody ever, anybody this morning ever found yourself in a situation where at one time in your life you thought you had it all under control? One point in your life you thought you had it all together, but life has a way of dealing you a blow. Life has a way of knocking you down. Life has a way of the winds blowing and the waves beating and you don't think you're ever going to see the sun shine again. Now I say the storm wasn't one during the day. This storm was during the night. The sun's not shining. Amen. It's real dark. I mean, it's the darkest point of the night. And they're going through the storm. We can preach on that this morning. Direction of the Savior. The darkness of the storm. Difficulty of the ship. But how about the dread of the sailors? The Bible said that the Lord came walking on the water. And they supposed it had been a spirit. They cried out in fear. It's amazing because... These men are, are men that no doubt have spent some very personal times with the Lord. We're not talking about somebody who's just heard about the Lord. We're not talking about somebody that has an idea of what the Lord does and what the Lord looks like. We're talking about somebody and some people of this morning that have spent the majority of the Lord Jesus' ministry with Him. These are people that slept where Jesus has slept. These are men that have eaten where Jesus has eaten. These are men that have walked where Jesus has walked. This is that Simon Peter who later on was saying, when the Lord Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And Simon said, some said that I am Jeremiah, some said I am Elijah. But Jesus looks at him and says, Simon, who does thou say that I am? Now I say to you, these are men that know who the Lord is. But in the middle of the storm, Jesus comes walking on the water. And they don't know who he is. 
Have you ever found yourself in a place in your life to where you've been exposed, you've experienced the goodness of God, you've been in places where you knew God's hand was evident in your life? I mean, you knew that God was a working. You knew that God was a helping. You didn't have to go ask somebody, how was this happening in my life? You knew with a surety in your heart, no matter shadow of doubt, it was the goodness and it was the grace and it was the glory of God working in your life. But I have found times when the Lord would come walking. He'd come walking in a way where I wouldn't recognize Him. And I'd say, Lord, where are you? And be afraid of what was going on around me and not even realize that the Lord was walking right in front of me. And I say to you, sometimes we think we've got a monopoly on God. We think we've got it all figured out. We think we know what God should do and we've got God down and we say, this is what He's done. But let me just say this. His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are holier than our thoughts. And when God, listen, you can't put God in a box. But when you think you've got it figured out, He's got a way of just showing you how much you don't got it figured out. That's how these disciples were. But then... We notice that Jesus comes and he speaks peace in the storm. And the, and the Bible said, Simon Peter, you got to like Simon. Simon was the leader of the group. And unfortunately, Simon was like a, you know Simon had to be a Baptist because he always put his foot in his mouth. And uh, Simon, remember that mountain of transfiguration, when Simon Peter, Peter, James, and John were up there on that mountain. And, uh, uh, Elijah was there. I believe Moses was there. And uh, all of a sudden, Peter's sitting there and he's seeing the Lord transfigured before him. There ain't nobody really talking. And Jesus just spoke to God, just said, This is my beloved son. And you know what Simon's doing? All of a sudden, I know where Simon just chirps up. Lord, it's good for us to be here. I mean, nobody asked Simon anything. Simon just stepped up and said, Hey, I'm just going to tell you, it's good to be here. And this is what else he started doing. This is how I know he was Baptist. Lord got the moon, you know what Simon Peter wanted to do? He said, let's do a building project, amen. Let's go build three buildings, amen. One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. And remember what God spoke out of heaven? He said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. You know what God was declaring right there to Simon Peter? Moses was a good person, no doubt he was. God gave him all. Elijah was a good person. He saw fire come down on Mount Carmel. But God wanted everybody to know that though Moses was a good person, though Elijah was a good person, there ain't never been anybody like Jesus. And if anybody deserved to have a house built for him, it was the Son of God. Amen. How quick are we to put our foot in our mouth that we know what needs to be done? This is Simon. But at this point in Simon's life, I like Simon. I find myself a lot like Simon. One minute y'all pray for me. One minute I find myself wanting to preach. And unfortunately, a few minutes later, you might find myself wanting to go out and cuss. Anybody be right next in the house this morning and agree with me? One minute you'll stand over there and say, I know who you are, Lord. Next minute you'll be over there and say, Lord, I don't know who you are. But yeah, I like Simon. He's flaws, but he also got some good things about him. And in the midst of all this, this is what Simon does. Simon says, Lord, if it's thou, bid me to come walking on water. You know what the Lord looks at Simon and says? Come. And Brother Josh, Simon Peter steps out. I kind of have to picture in my mind. I mean, you've got to realize, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but at this point, before Jesus did it, I don't find anywhere in the Bible where anybody ever walked on water. So they're seeing something go on that they ain't never seen go on before. They're seeing a man walk on water. 
I don't know if y'all know this in the day of all these kind of gimmicks and gadgets and all these uh, effects and all these things that Hollywood can produce. They ain't never been able to produce somebody who can walk on the water without there being anything helping them. Here's, I can imagine Simon Peter, he's looking out there, he's seeing the Lord walk on. I, you know, y'all gotta, y'all gotta imagine how Simon was good. I don't think Simon Peter just jumped on out in there. Maybe he did, I don't know. I got a picture of myself. Simon was probably like, okay, he probably hold on to the boat. And I can imagine, he's, he's like, remember that little, when you was a newborn, or when you watch those newborns, they begin to walk, and they're scared to let go, and all of a sudden their legs are shaking. Kind of how I picture how Simon was. And all of a sudden, Simon starts realizing, wait a second, I'm doing this. This is really happening. Simon Peter's walking on the water. They know her preaching. We know what happened to Simon. Simon ends up taking his eyes off the Lord. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But he begins to sing. There have been people that's been critical about Simon Peter and saying oh, that he should never have gotten out of the boat. Well, you can have it. You can preach it however you want to. The Lord allows you to preach it. I'm going to preach this morning. Oh, that, listen, that Simon Peter was doing something phenomenal. There's only been two people in your Bible that's ever walked on water. One of them was Jesus and the other was Simon Peter. I don't ever, Brother Mark, ever find where any of the other disciples ever walked on water except Simon Peter. So he done something that ain't nobody else been able to do outside of Christ. Simon Peter's doing it. You know, when you get your eyes on the Lord, that faith inside of you begins to swell out of you. You'll be surprised what the Lord allows you to do. Here's, what, here's my thought this morning. Here's Simon. He's got his eyes on the Lord. He's walking on the water. But the Bible said when he began to notice that the wind was boisterous. He took his eyes off the Lord. And Brother Joshua took his eyes off the Lord. This is what began to happen. He began to look around. You know what happened? The Bible said he began to sing. You know what that beginning to sink means? So I was looking at this. I mean, I, 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 was, I saw how that the direction of the Savior. He told him to get on the boat. I saw the darkness of the storm. They're in the fourth watch of the night. The difficulty of the ship. I mean, I'm seeing them trying their best to keep it all together. It's all the dread of the sailors. They didn't even know who the Lord was. But then I find the drowning of Simon Peter. Y'all see that? You know what that word sink means? In good old muscadine slash fruit hearse slash calabusa and even some heavenly language. Where are you not? And breathing? Amen, breathing. I'm going to quote me breathing now. For the four parts of the earth. Amen. Do you know what that sink means? It's begin to drain. And my mind began to think about this. Y'all got to go with me this morning. Simon Peter's drowning. Simon Peter's going under. And I begin to think about drowning. And you know what? We see Simon Peter doing some phenomenal things. But then we see somebody who just got through doing something phenomenal. He's now finding himself drowning. And my mind began to think, Brother Ray, about people that has drowned. 
or people that has come close to drowning. Now I know what you're thinking this morning, but Paul, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? I mean, you're, 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 what, what do you mean when you say drowning? Well, who all agree with me this morning? Simon Peter was a saved man. Simon Peter was a saved man. He was a disciple. He was a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what we find? I believe in verse 28. You know what he's saying? The Lord saved me. You know what I have found, Brother Keith, in, 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 in the Christian walk? Ready for this? Sometimes saved people need saving. Right? We're looking at a text with Simon Peter is a saved man. He's a born-again believer. He's a disciple. He's a follower of the Lord Jesus. But at this point in his life, you know what he is? He's a saved man, but he's needing saving. You know what I find in the Christian walk? There have been times in my life, though I'm saved, and thank God that I have been that day, that created 2009, where the Lord Jesus saved me from my sin. The day the Lord Jesus washed me in his precious blood. That day I got John 3, 3, born again, born from above. And since that day, there's been some days this old saved boy has needed the Lord to save him. What does he need to be saved from? He needs to be saved from drowning. And you know what? There's a lot of people sitting underneath the seat this morning. We're not, you all agree with me. I don't know if y'all know this, but let y'all know something. We're not in a physical sea. We're on dry ground this morning. Right? Y'all even nod your head this morning. Some of y'all look at that like a cat staring at a new day. Just look at me this morning. We're walking on dry ground. But I believe this morning you have to agree with me. There's a lot of people that are drowning that's walking on dry ground. When I think about in the physical sense of what Simon Peter was going through, I begin in my mind to think about the spiritual sense of what it's like for a person to drown, not only physically, but spiritually and mentally. You know there's people underneath in this, in this room this morning, the truth be told, you're drowning. Truth be told, the winds are beating against you. Truth be told, the waves are washing up against you. And your life is seemingly out of end. And you feel like that you're drowning. You know, when somebody's, when they're battling depression, we're going to get real personal this morning, so I hope you're all okay. Amen? But you know what you hear people talk about when they're battling depression? I was looking this up this week as I was thinking about this, Brother Barry. One of the things they say is, I just feel like that I'm drowning. Now begin to think about people that are drowning physically. How is that in common with people that are drowning mentally and physically? See, we're living in a generation where there's a lot of Christians that are drowning spiritually. We're living in a day where there are a lot of people that are drowning mentally. I mean, their life is seemingly out of control. Let me just go ready to say, you better be careful, friend, but for you to become critical of those that have got issues, those that have got things in their life, because the Bible said this, a man that thinks he's standing, better take heed, lest he fall. Every one of us don't got it together this morning. I don't know where you might be living at. You may think you got it good, and you may have it. You may think you've got it all together, but before the sun goes down, before the moon ever comes out, before there's ever a twinkle in the sky, your life can literally be drowned. Your whole world seemingly falling apart. I mean, just think about it. Simon Peter's walking on the water, and just in a split second of him taking his eyes off the Lord, he's drowning. 
doing something amazing. But the next minute, he's drowning. Is that not really how a Christian life is a lot of times in our life? One Sunday, buddy, we'll be having the spiritual shout spell. I mean, buddy, we'll be swinging from the chandeliers. We'll let the glory roll out as we feel. I mean, it seems like God just took it about away. And we just think that there's nothing that God can't do. But then a few days later, we're, hey, I'm drowning. Now with me. That's a Christian law. It's like a roller coaster. One minute up, one minute down. One minute up, one minute down. I want you to notice with me about when I thought about drowning. Notice the source of his drowning. The source. What was the cause of Simon Peter to start drowning? Y'all know what it was? I noticed first was because of distraction. Y'all realize that while he was focused, while he had his eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, he was able to walk on the water. But when the winds begin to blow and the waves begin to beat, all of a sudden Simon Peter did this. He got his eyes off the Lord. And you know what happened? He began to sink. Is that not how it is? We get distracted. We'll get our eyes off the main thing. And get our eyes off on what's all going on around us. And you know what? As long as we've got our eyes on the Lord Jesus, we're able to do some amazing things. But all of a sudden, when the winds begin to blow and the waves begin to beat, we find ourselves drowning. A lot of people this morning, you be honest, you say, the whole my life is distracted. I've got so much stuff going on. I've got this going on here. I've got that going on there. I mean, I'm trying to raise a family. I, I'm trying to do this. I, I'm trying to work a job. I, I've got all these things going on in my life. And it seems like, oh, Paul, I'm just distracted. You know what I found out about the devil? If he can't get you to be lazy and not do nothing, he'll get you so busy where you feel like you've got to do everything. That's right. I find it in my own life. I told somebody the other day, I said, I got so many fans in the fire. I don't know sometimes where I'm coming from, I'm going. I tell somebody, I was like, look, I said, I, I, I'm a full time daddy. Come on, somebody come to Paris, I'm a full time husband. I'm a full time employee, ain't you me? I'm a full time pastor. Because who's all the group? There ain't no such thing as no part time pastor. He don't ever clock in. He don't ever clock out. If he's a biblical pastor like he's supposed to be, he don't ever clock in. He don't ever clock out. That's right. And I'm also finding out I'm a slash ball coach. Amen. I'm a school teacher at night. Find myself being a cook. I find myself being distracted sometimes. I find myself sometimes feeling so overwhelmed that if I'm not careful, I'll get my eyes off the Lord Jesus. And the distracting, everything start pulling me down. You got distracted. But then you know what else? He got distressed. The Bible said when he saw the winds, he became fearful. A man that was so has so much faith that he did something, Brother Mark, that none of the other disciples did. A man of faith. Y'all agree with me, it takes faith to walk in the water. I mean, it took a lot of faith for Simon Peter to walk in the water. Did something none of the other disciples did. But in just a split second, we're from a man of faith to a man of fear. That's not how we are. But then he became, we see his digression. The Bible said he began to sink. 
You know, this morning, we could go around the room and we won't, but really be honest with you, it's just between us and the Lord. But what your cause is drowning may not be my cause of drowning. Yours might be a marital problem. But you can't keep your eyes on the Lord because your marriage is falling apart. It could be a child that's going straight and you've tried everything you can do and it seems like they're getting further and further away from God and you're trying to have a walk with God. You're trying to serve God. You're doing the best of your ability to stay afloat. And it seems like the adversity is a lot of you down. It could be a, it could be health it could be health issues. Your body's failing on you. And right when you seem like you're getting better and you're starting to get more active and you're starting to do these things, things start deteriorating. I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm gonna let y'all get on something. The older getting older ain't for the faint of heart. I'm still there. Listen, I'm 31 years old, and some of y'all older than me. And I know if I go to Josh, if I have body aches, I, I, I ain't gonna get nobody's business as much. But I know y'all got body aches, ain't right. I'm going to be honest with you. At 31 years old, sometimes I feel like going to church. I'm just going to be quite honest with you. Sometimes I don't. Can I be all right for a preacher to be honest this morning? I would listen. I put my pants, leg on, my pants on one leg at a time just like you do. There's times I feel like that I don't want to go to church. Sometimes I'm like, i got to go to church. I ain't saying that's right. I'm saying that's human nature. We live in this flesh. It could be multiple different things this morning. What's pulling you down? But regardless of what the case may be, you're down. That's the source. But you notice, I notice there's some signs to drown. There's some things we can watch out for when we begin to notice that we're drowning. Or we can notice that somebody else may possibly be drowning. I was looking it up in, in the physical sense of what drowning, and I was looking at what some of the signs were of drowning. And I was amazed. I was amazed. But how many people have drowned? Drowning is, is during the summertime. And sometimes you know, maybe during the summertime. It's one of the one of the biggest parts of that. I mean, what's one of the people that have drowned? Go to the beach, they go to the pool, they all these things. But you know what I found out? That the drowning, it would happen at the beach. It happened at a pool. I even read Brother Josh where kids have drowned in the tub. I even read where kids, listen to me, have drowned reaching over into a toilet and fell over in there and they couldn't pull themselves out. But you know what the amazing thing about it was? Is in there drowning, it's going to help somebody. They wasn't too far away from somebody that could have helped them. Do you know what that lets me know? You can be sitting here this morning in a good place. So you don't have to be drowning. Listen, are there people out there drowning in the world? Oh, yeah, you better believe they are. But there's people that are drowning this morning right here in Mount Perrin Baptist Church. We said, Paul, you mean I can understand people drowning out there in the beach. I don't like it, but I can see how that can happen. All the people out there, how quick it can happen. But you mean there's kids actually drown in an arm weights of their parents? Oh, you'd be surprised. How quick something can happen. And they be gone. See, there's some signs that you can watch. They said one of the things you can notice is when somebody is drowning, they begin to push down because they're trying to find something to grab hold to. They're trying to keep themselves afloat. They're trying to do all this. 
Because we think we talk about drowning. We think about somebody with their hands raised up. Say, catch me. And sometimes that's the case. But you know what? When you're drowning, you're not going to catch us or not. You ain't going to be too interested with your hands being raised. It'll be the reason why we're not seeing a lot of people praise God in church. It's because they're too busy trying to keep themselves afloat. You know, they said, I thought about it in slow motion. Y'all got to use y'all's imagination. This is real practical this morning. This is where we're living. I begin to think about how did Simon Peter begin to say, and I begin to go in slow motion in my mind. Simon Peter down. You know what? This is deep now. I don't know if y'all get this. You know what the first thing happens when you start to drown? You know what the first thing that happens when Simon Peter started going under the water? His feet went first. You know what your feet represent? Your walk with God. You know what happens when you start to drown? Your walk starts to deteriorate. You used to be able to walk with God, but now your leg, your feet have gone in the water. You know what else I thought about when I had the signs of drowning? Is your next thing in slow motion? I'll picture his feet started going down. I mean, it's like he's just going. It's like this. You know how quick this happened? It happened just like this. Sound of Peter's up for a minute. Next thing he's like this. That's how quick he drank. That's how quick he went under. But we're looking at it in slow motion this morning. You know what he did? His feet went under. Next thing happened, you know what happens next? The knees go under. You know what knees represent, don't you? Your prayer life. You can't pray when you feel like you're drowning. You know what next thing happened? His waist started going under. Y'all, y'all, some of you men go like this. You know what your waist represents? Because that your appetite. I can tell how much you like to eat by your waist. You can tell how much I like to eat because of my waist. They win. It represents your appetite. Now, one of the ways you can tell your friend is when your appetite ain't like it ought to be. In football, they're trained, they're, they're, they're trained people how to tackle. And this is what they'll say. They say, look, don't watch their head because they can juke you. They tell you, don't watch their feet because they can juke you. They tell them, watch their waist because the waist don't lie. Well, if y'all notice not, the scale ain't lying to you. Or they still are the waist. Listen, it ain't you like, the scale ain't lying. Somebody say, it, it's telling you the truth. Amen. Amen. But you know something? When that waist Starts going under the door. They tell me sometimes you keep your eyes open because you, you know which direction they're going by which direction they're wasted. You know which direction Simon Peter's waist is going? Damn. You know what else happened? Chess. His heart. That's your affection. It's amazing how affectionate you used to be over the things of God. But now it's just you got your affections tossed to and fro in the world. Next time it happens, your shoulders are going under. Y'all with me this morning? I know this is practical. This is where we're living. Your shoulders will start going under. You used to be a burden bearer. People would come to you and help you, and you, you were praying to them. You'd be a burden bearer. But now when you start going under the water, you're not interested in being a burden bearer. You're not bearing one another's burdens. You know what I found? I, I know this is going to be hard, but hear me out this morning. We know it's a practical sense, but we're going to look at it from a spiritual sense. When you're drowning, you become real, real selfish. 
I don't know if somebody's drowning. They ain't thinking about nobody else but themselves. You know what I found out in spiritual sense? When you're drowning, you ain't thinking about anybody else but yourself. You know what that thing goes on? You're dead. Right? Meaning that when your neck's going underwater, you used to be moved toward the things of God. You used to have a, 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 a heart for the things of God. But now when you're in the water, you don't care less. The record of this, your mouth. It goes on where David said this, I'll taste and see that the Lord is good. Can we help y'all out, men? Help y'all out with something. You ever, you ever heard somebody, I, I find myself sometimes, I'll be like, I'll be talking to somebody and I'll be like, I didn't realize that it was that bad. Why didn't you tell me? You want me to let you know something? I can't. Somebody will go do something extreme and they'll say, my goodness, I mean, I was just a phone call away. I, I was just a, I was right down the road. Why didn't they come tell me? Because when people are drowning, they can't talk. They said that when somebody's drowning with Josh, they said they go under the water, but when they finally come up, they're not, they can't holler out because they're trying to gasp for as much breath as they can because they know they're fixing to go back under. And they say, well, how in the world, why didn't they tell me? Why didn't they let me know? They couldn't because they're trying to gasp for as much breath as they can because they don't know how much longer they're going to be able to last. Reason why we got to use discernment. I ain't talking about going around being an FBI agent trying to figure out everybody's problems. I've got my own problems. But who all agree with me? There's some, there's some signs we can look for. There's some things that we can say, hey, I just said, look, Lord's laid you on my heart. I just want to make sure. Are you okay? I'm a hero on my shoulder to talk to. I'm somebody you can, you can I'll bear your burdens. Because if you're waiting for them to come tell you, a lot of times you're going to wait too late. They say, your eyes go. Or knows. So the Bible says, well, there's no vision, and people perish. Drowning. There's people this morning that are drowning. And you say this morning, say, Fletcher, I don't know how much longer I can take it. I try my best to stay afloat, but every time I seem like I get enough breath, another wave comes and just washes me under. Something I find that's interesting in this text was there was not only the cause, the source of his drowning, there was not only the signs of his drowning, there were some signs that let us know that Simon Peter was drowning. Then I see the salvation from his drowning. No one you know all he had to do. You know all he had to do. Lord, save me. Wow. Is it really that simple, preacher? It was for Simon Peter. All you gotta do is, Lord, I need you to save me. See, Simon Peter. Listen, had Simon Peter never asked the Lord to save him, Simon Peter would have drowned. And you know what I like about this? When he said, Lord, save me, the Bible said immediately. Immediately. Remember how quick I told you he fell? Immediately, the Bible said Jesus stretched forth his hand. You know what I like about that? Is Jesus didn't have to take any steps towards Simon Peter. But it says immediately when Simon Peter asked after him, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him and lifted him up. You know what that lets me know? 
He was so close to his help. You want me to you want me to be honest with you? Let me tell you how far your help is this morning. About as far as it takes you to get down in this altar. You say, preacher, is this, this, this altar say no? No. This is just bored. This is just a pattern. Nothing special. But it's what we dedicated it unto the Lord for. It's what it represents. It's a place where you get honest with God and you get on the altar and you say, Lord, I'm not going to try to fake it no more. I'm not going to fake it till I make it. I'm drowning this morning, God, and I need you to help me. You know what happened? It's not necessarily that immediately your life will get better. Who all agree with me? Sometimes it takes time. But the number one step in your life when you're drowning, and what you need to do is, but more than tell anybody else about it, you need to tell the Lord about it, you need to get honest with God, because if you don't get honest with God, you're going to drown. You don't know what the key to your marriage is, God. You don't know what the key to your home is, God. You don't know what the key to your make is, God. You don't know what the key to your living is, God. It's God. It's always been God. It'll always be God. We don't need nothing else. We need God. Simon Peter got him. Yeah. Reached out his hand. The Bible said he called him. Yeah. Him mm -hmm. I know that seems real simple this morning. But that's how quick it can be. Yeah. But you can sit there this morning, have everybody else fooled. Have everybody else fooled. Everybody else looks like they got it together. Everybody else looks like they're staying afloat. In your own life, you're drowning this morning. Be honest with you this morning. I wouldn't wait for anybody. I wouldn't wait for anything. I'd move toward Jesus. Y'all remember that old song I used to sing? Remember when he was drowning in the sea of sin? Going down for the last time, but you called upon his name. Goes on to talk about, do you remember when the Lord, do you remember when the Lord saved you from sin? When you were going under the Lord Jesus, you cried out to the Savior, and the Lord saved you. Remember this one, saved people need saving too. Do you remember how the Lord turned your life around when He saved you? No. I got good news. He's still in the saving business. I ain't talking about getting saved again. You only get saved once. Once was enough. Somebody say it. I'm talking about this morning. Inside you, you saved your life. Remember how He did that when He saved you? I got good news. He's still in the saving business. Everybody standing this morning. Brother Jeffrey, brother, if you can, I, I'd ask you this morning, brother, if you come around, may play so softly. Won't you come this morning? Don't wait on nobody else. You say, Brother Paul, if I come down to the altar, they don't think I'm drowning. Let me say this. When you're really drowning, a person that's really drowning, I'll be honest with you. They get to the point where they don't really care if anybody knows. They want somebody to know they're drowning. I ain't talking about you going around looking for a pity party. That ain't what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about you being honest with what's going on in your life. I say, I'm drowning. And I need the Lord to save me. Help down here this morning. Won't you come to where you can get some help? He's playing this morning. These altars are open. You mind God. Maybe you need to go get somebody. 